You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. As you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11, once you're a dad or a mother or a brother or a sister, it's that way for life. Uh, I just, I, I want you to know I understand that. Um, my sister passed away in November. Her dear, dear friend who was a staff member here for years passed away this week, Barb Johnson, home with the Lord. And, um, but I miss my sister. I think about her all the time. I'm still a brother, though she's on the other side. And uh, we'll, we'll get this straight. These poor guys, God bless them. They don't even know where I'm at. In my, I maybe have a microphone on I should not have on. We'll try this, fellas. You're doing well back there. And um, now next week, we're back in the auditorium. We'll start yelling at you again. But for right now, we're very graceful, very kind to you. But um, I miss my mother and dad and my father-in-law who died June 28th last year. And um, my mother-in-law who died 50 years ago, his wife. Uh, I, 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 you know, but you're always gonna be a son or son-in-law. I look at my mother-in-law's picture, my father-in-law's picture every day and my parents. I feel still, I, I'm still a son. I wanna honor their name. Whatever capacity in life that you are, you enjoy it. I'm a father three times with my mother, my wife, and she's the mother. We have 14 grandkids. They're out of our home. I became a father 40 some years ago. And though Tiffany's been out of our home so long, I think of her all day long, every day. I pray for her every day. I pray for her kids every day. I pray just not in the morning, but throughout the day. Tabitha's been out of our house for so many years now. We pray for her every day and we think of her. And I think of her, I'm always going to be a dad. I told my class this morning, I don't give advice to our married kids. I don't, and if they want it, it's going to have to be Proverbs 20, verse 5. They're going to have to draw it out. I don't believe in giving advice to married kids. Now, you might, but I don't, I don't tell them anything. If they ask, I'll perhaps talk to them. Brother Tim's called me a lot these days with this new church down there. just bought a building. And I'm glad, I gladly talk to him about it as he's making this transition, now remodeled his building. But I just don't, I believe that your task where the kids are grown is your knees. And to pray for your kids on your knees and pray for your grandkids. I envy, Brother Skirty, these people that are younger than us. You get to have children in your home. I'm just so very thankful that you have that privilege Ms. Trevor and I have been looking all morning for her. I know she's, there she is. I, I love, we loved having kids at our home. We just loved it. I loved every day of it. I loved playing with kids and I loved spending time with the kids and reading the Bible. I just loved being a dad with your kids in the home. And now it's just the two of us. And by the way, I love that too. We love that our kids come visit us. We love when we're alone. I told my class this morning, we get along real well. But if there's ever a conflict, because women are that way sometimes, I'm really brave out here by myself in my cage here. I'm really brave up there when I preach, but let's say we have a conflict. She just goes upstairs, I go downstairs, that's okay. 
It's a problem when she said, you're sleeping outside today, I'll take the house tonight. But everybody has, I don't know when we had a conflict last. Uh, it's been at least five hours. But, but I don't know when. It's just, what do you have conflicts? So I want to cherish every day. But dads, I've got to get you, you've got to get in this thing. Grandmas and grandpas, you've got to get in this thing. You say, I'm a single adult. You've got to get into this thing. Everybody has to get in this thing called fatherhood. You're either a father or you're trying to help someone become a successful father. Don't tear your dad down. Don't ridicule your dad. Don't cause your dad heartache. Don't cause your mother to have sleepless nights because of your godlessness. We have the story before us today in the book of Genesis and Chapter number 11, if you'll turn there. Genesis chapter 11. There's a man by the name of Terah. He's introduced to us in verse number 26. And Terah lived 70 years. And he begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. So three sons. I'll take my watch off so I can keep on track tonight, today. And these three boys, and, and, and the Bible says Haran died. The baby of the family died. And the Bible tells us that he had a son. His son's name was Lot, verse 31. And Terah, the grandpa, took Abraham, his son, and Lot, his son of Haran. Abraham is going to be given a responsibility with his wife, Sarah, to raise Lot. And he's going to invest in Lot. I want to use him this morning on this subject. I, I'm a dad. I'm a dad. Abraham wasn't a dad. In fact, he didn't become a dad until 100 years of age. But Abraham, and I know that sounds strange, but God performed a miracle. We know all that. But, but Abraham was not a dad at the time. I can recall the uh, almost one month shy of seven years before we had a child. And uh, I wondered if God was going to give us one. And by the way, we had come to the point, whatever God wanted for our lives is what we wanted. I really wanted children. I think my wife wanted children, but we didn't, we didn't get all upset. God just didn't give us children if that was God's will. By the way, there'd be no North Valley Baptist Church if he'd give us children earlier. This thing took on both of our parts a lot of effort in those days to get this thing established and begin this church so many years ago that uh, we would have had to uh, probably sacrifice some time with those kids. And God gave us the church to get established first. Here is Uncle Abraham. And he takes his son and really his, his nephew and becomes a dad just immediately. I want to see some observations of Abraham. And now that he's a dad, some observations that I want. If, if you're a wife, you, you, you include this in your life. If you're a child, you just figure out how it applies today. But I'm a dad. I want you to notice with me that Abraham took, took responsibility when it was given to him. Abraham took what together? Say it together. He took what? When he was given the privilege to be called a father, a dad, an uncle. Whatever it is in life, when God gives you responsibility, you claim, I like walking around. Woo! I've been stuck up there for 15 months and I'm having a, I wish I had my, my, my phone on me. It keeps track of my steps that I walk. I could count it today. And so 
I'm thinking about going here and going up there for a while as well, by the way. I kind of, before the day, I'm preaching for a few moments up there. Uh, uh, it's my last opportunity. But you take responsibility when given to him. Aaron, uh, Aaron died, verse 28. He died. His brother died. And his brother died. He left a boy. And that couple in the next few verses, Abraham and Sarah said, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be the parent to our nephew. We'll invest our lives in him. And verse cha chapter 12, verse number four, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him. And Abraham and, his, and Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all the substance they had were gathered to the souls. He had received a responsibility with the home going of his brother. And I want you to know that today, when God gives you the name mother, you have just taken responsibility. When God gives you the name father, God has given you responsibility. When God gives you the opportunity of a son, I'm a daughter, you'll be responsible as that stewardship. God gives you the responsibility of a CEO, a CFO, a laborer, a worker, whatever it is God gives you. God gives you the opportunity to be a student, be the best. God gives you the student opportunity to be on a basketball team or baseball team or whatever it might be, be the best. God gives you your first job in life, do your best. Have a good reputation, take responsibility. We move back in that church next Sunday. Right now we have over 500 people that are keeping this church going as laborers, as workers. Might be closer to six. I'm preaching a message on September the 12th to Sunday night from Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. They gave some pastors for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. I'm coming after 400 more adults and we're gonna ask you to get involved in this church and the gift that God gave you at salvation, there are nine of them. God may have given you the gift of mercy. God may have given you the gift of helps. God may have given you the gift of teaching. God may have given you the gift of giving. God may have given you the gift and on and on it goes. If God, when you got saved, 1 Corinthians 3, 12, God gave you a gift. My job is to help you discover what that gift is and then get it busy for God. This week we have teenagers here come from across the country. My job is to find you to say, could you help us? Could you pray? Could you give? Could you clean up at nights? In the years we had it over here and then over at the other property, we'd have people coming in at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night start vacuuming. We're not vacuuming here but we're gonna be cleaning up here every night. There's food services, there's things to do, there's bus drivers. God gives responsibility, then take it seriously. My father-in-law, who's home with the Lord now a year, he was 95 when he passed away, pastored the same church for 57 years. What a man of God, what a great man. My father-in-law taught at his church almost 50 years ago, I sat there and listened to him. He said, when God allows you to have a family, and he gave us the letter P, you pray for them, you play with them, you precept them, you punish them, you, 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 you praise them, you pattern them in the word of God. And he gave us about nine letter P words and stay with these words and do these things. When God gives you the responsibility, 
Oh, I love, I love those 14 grandkids. They mean the world to me. But I tell you what, I know by the grace of God, this is how they would find their papa every day of his life. My job is to pray for those kids. I can't see them any longer like I used to. In a year's time, Brother Tim's kids at the time was three and now there's five. They moved away from us to go pastor. Brother Thompson, five. I'll never forget that morning in August when those two U-Hauls pulled out. I had to walk away from them as they were leaving. I walked down Compassion Lane. I've never cried so hard in my life. It was like a death in my heart. Those kids were moving. Oh, all 14 were here. Now they're 10 of them are gone. But I tell you what, I have the joy every day of my life to turn up to heaven and say, God, I don't know what TJ's doing right now. I don't know what little Annalise is doing right now. But God, I'm asking that they be godly and pure and holy and righteous and live for you a lifetime. Dear ladies, your husband goes off to work as you might go off to work as well. Work could be a very dangerous place morally for a man. Work could be an awful place. Who knows what enemy the devil may send after your wife or send after your husband. Have you thought about when the Spirit of God says, I wonder what my husband, I wonder what's on his plate right now. Have you thought about falling on your knees and praying? I believe Mrs. Trevor is one of the most fortunate ladies in this world. Be part of this church and be a pastor's wife. But could you just for a moment imagine how difficult that task is to be married to a pastor? How difficult it must be for almost 50 years of marriage hearing a man preach and teach Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and they heard the same illustration and heard this and heard that. You imagine how difficult it must be. And anytime she wanted to, she could pull the trigger and say, let's, let's leave, I'm done, I'm worn out, I'm tired. You know, the, the thing that's gonna take her to the finish line with me is the prayers of these godly people. You dear ladies, you have a ministry. God gave you something to do, pray. God gave you a husband, pray for him. God gave you children, pray. God gave you a job, pray before you walk out that God would be a testimony for Jesus Christ. Here's Uncle Abraham. He took responsibility. Secondly, I thought that he demonstrated a great example to Lot. He demonstrated a great example. I received so many emails today from pastor friends and saying, Happy Father's Day. They're all so special, and I answered back, but one was Brother Bud Silva, Bud's wife, and two of his three kids, and nine of his church members were all killed in a bus accident, car accident, van accident. On the way to a Christian school, his church was running about 30, and one day he had nine of them all perished, including his wife and two of his kids. That was 30-some years ago. He wrote a book, Magnified. I was able to text him back and say, Brother Silva, thank you for the example that you've set for all of us. What an example. Every preacher I know, especially those around my age and older, have all had heartaches, 
have all had sorrows, have all had disappointment in someone with their kids. And there's been deaths and there's been sorrows. May I say today, Abraham demonstrated a great example. Look at chapter 12. The Lord said unto Abraham, God speaking to Abraham, get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, into the land I will show thee. He's speaking about Israel. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. America, listen about Israel. I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curseth thee. Bible says in verse four, so Abraham departed. God commanded him in verses one, two, and three, and Abraham obeyed. One of the greatest joys your children can see is an obedient father and obedient mother. And particularly on this Father's Day, what are they seeing? Dad, are they seeing an obedient dad? Are they seeing a dad that walks humbly before God? Are they seeing a dad that when he gets a little bit testy and maybe loses his temper or gets frustrated or short, do they see a dad that comes back by example and say, kids, I was wrong. My dear sweet wife, I want to tell you I was wrong. Or they see a stubborn dad. That night you don't have prayer because you can't talk to God when you can't talk to one another. And may I suggest to you today that Abraham demonstrated a great, a great obedience. Your children will mirror what you are. Your children will follow your example. Number three, I find that in chapter number 13, verses one and two, verse two says, Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. Abraham was successful. Successful. Success comes one by seizing opportunities. Success comes secondly, secondly by the blessing of God. And success comes third, thirdly by labor. COVID's been with us 15 months. How did you succeed even with your work and in finances? What did you do? I read the account of a, a week ago or so of a young uh, 15, 16 year old boy. He became a millionaire during COVID because he said, I'm gonna do something, whatever, how long this thing is, I'm gonna do something. And a teenager made, did something and all of a sudden the young boy was a success. Some of us have lost the joy of these 15 months. The last 15 months you could have done something you had a full-time job, maybe you could have picked up a part-time job and still had time with the family. Maybe you could have had a savings account. Maybe you could have done something. Maybe you could have painted the house. Maybe you could have cleaned the garage. Maybe you could have done this or that. And somehow we think, okay, the answer is, I'm gonna go where it's whatever, and that's gonna make the success. The success comes first where you are. Abraham was rich. Number four, Abraham trained Lot. Look at verse number five. Lot, which also, Lot also, when he went with Abraham, he had flocks and herds and tents. They had great substance. How do you think Lot got that, Uncle Abraham? Never forget what the people of North Valley Baptist Church have done for you. I know it's 38 years we've had youth conference this week. 
Doing that for 38 years, there have been people that have been laboring for the teens of this generation and the previous generation that they might have something. That's what teen camp is about. That's what the Christian school is about. That's what college is about. That's what music group's about. That's what men and boys softball is all about. That's what ladies volleyball, all those things. That's what sewing is about. That's what separation is about. That we might train the next generation. I want us to be trained to know that hymn book. There's great theology in the hymn book. Most of the songs of today all speak about me and how I'm worshiping and how I'm so this and how, and we always try to magnify him. But oh, I tell you what, when we sing about all hail the power of Jesus' name, that when we hear that song, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Crown him with many crowns. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a fortress. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, I want to say we have to train. As I look at Lot, he received such good things. About done, but I want you to see Abraham demonstrated humility because verse 7 of chapter 13, there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And Abraham said to Lot, let there be no strife. I pray thee between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren, we're family. Is not the whole land before thee separate thyself, I pray thee from me. Now I'll take the left hand, I'll go to the right. You depart to the right hand, I'll take the left. May I say that he just demonstrated humility. Son, I've been an adopted father to you. I love you so much, Lot. But you take first choice. What you want is what I want for you. I want to see you succeed in life, son. Every parent knows what I'm talking about. That's why I'm pushing so hard these last 10 years to pay off everything. We were $16.5 million in debt 10 years ago. We're right now 3.5. We'll be done hopefully in our 48th or 49th year. We're 46 years old this next, next, next month. I don't want your kids to have payments. We bought them all new buses. Those buses will last 30 years long. Long after I'm dead and gone, they'll still be running. Every computer is paid for it. I know that we'll have to update. I know that. Every piece of furniture is paid for. Every microphone is paid for. I don't want these kids to have any bondage. I wish, well, what about, what about if, if they take over and you die, and what, what happens when they succeed? That has been the prayer of my life ever since we've had children. I want my kids to outdo whatever Papa Nana did. I want God to bless our boys in such a way that they have to say, God has showered down his blessing upon our life because we were at the overflow where Papa and Nana lived and God has taken from what they gave us and we've been able to expand and move forward with our lives. I want your kids to share in the benefits of what this church has been. I don't want you to change it though. I close. Abraham, beginning in chapter 13, verse 10, he, he demonstrated forgiveness. 
Lot lifted up his eyes. What a foolish thing. Behold, he, he, he chose the best. He chose for himself the plain of Jordan, verse 11. He pitched his tent towards Sodom, verse 12, but the men of Sodom were wicked sinners before the Lord. By the way, verse four, chapter 14, verse 1, it came to pass. It always comes to pass. You make wrong decisions, young people, with your life. You dads, you make wrong decisions with your life. It always comes to pass. There's going to be some reaping. And sure enough, his nephew Lot came to the point where he was seized by an enemy power. Abraham could have said, serves him right. He took the best for himself. That kid, he's such a prideful, wicked, serves him right. Not Abraham. The Bible says in verse 12, chapter 14, they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. They were really Abraham's goods. And there came out one that escaped and told Abraham. He came and said, they took Lot, and when Abraham heard, verse 14, that his brother had taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued after them. The Bible says, verse 16, he brought back all the goods, all brought again to his brother Lot, and his goods to the women and to the people. Abraham went, and he got that, and he didn't say, okay, now you lost it, buddy, you big jerk. No, he said, son, I'm giving it back to you the second time. It's yours. I wonder today who you have to forgive. Your dad's been absent. I pastor men in this very auditorium today that you've never met your dad. He heard you were coming and he left. I pastor people here. I know some today right now. We've been praying together. Say, I'm going to try to call my dad again. I'm going to try to write my dad again. Dad, would you let me just talk to you? And always it's just a no answer. Dads, we're going to have to get into this thing. Do you realize that today as we talk this morning, I'm closing now. There are 39%, and this is a stat that's over 12 years old, Nearly 40% of men live and die and their kids leave home and they've never one time read them anything. Never read to their kids. 50% of men have no idea what the children's school classroom is. Thank you, Brother Fanera, for opening the school up on, on various occasions where parents can see. I don't know how it's working. Maybe the night before, I used to always love to go to our children's desk and kneel and I had that opportunity as a pastor. I know but perhaps we could do that this year, just kneel at the chair and kneel at the desk and pray that in school this year that God would open their eyes to good companions and to the Word of God. Dad, you can't be absent. I'm talking to a father right now. You've got to get in this thing. I'm a dad. I'm a dad. Well, then be a dad. I'm a mother, then be one. I'm a child, then be one. A young girl and her father had awful words, and it's true. What I'm about to tell you, had awful words with one another. It was on both sides. He was so unkind and she was unkind. She left, went out on her own, 
as she began to grow after a year and two and five and 10, she began to feel badly about how she left it. A decade turned into two decades and two into three and three into four. She began to think one day her life had changed and things had changed in her life and she was a better person than she was as a young person. And she said, I, I know where my dad lives. I'm gonna write him a letter. Letter went something like this, dear dad. I wanna let you know I was wrong. I left and I should have resolved some things. And I've missed an entire life of 40 plus years. I could have been part of your life. I'm asking you today to please forgive me. And I'm asking you right now, here's my number, would you call me? I would love to come see you. I'd love to try to make up those 40 plus years. The letter went to the home. She never heard anything. Several days after the letter was delivered, she was wondering whatever happened. Will he write back? Somebody called her back and had his phone number and said, I, I'm calling on behalf of your father. She said, did you receive the letter? She said the letter came. She gave the date, but he never opened it because on that date, just shortly after the letter arrived and he never knew the letter came. It came just too late. It came too late. You got something to deal with? You better deal with it right now, mother. You better deal with it right now, dad. Teenagers, you ought to deal with it right now. I close, I think most of you are aware. Brother Martinez was here for Sunday school and they had him leave out his dad. I think perhaps during that song about going to heaven, his dad, right over here a few blocks away on Father's Day, Brother Cooper, you said that made his trip to the Heavenly Father. I think by now, two hours later, he's gone. Pedro was a faithful member of this church he never lived for God, never saved. And one day he got saved and his life was gloriously changed. He dedicated his life to his children, their mates and to their grandchildren. He has four girls and one boy, Alvin Martinez. He's there ministering to his family right now as we speak. One day you'll stand before your dad's corpse or your mother's corpse as I did. You'll never have an opportunity to get things right again. Dad, somehow on this Father's Day, some of you ought to gather your family today and gather say, I've been wrong. I've sinned. I've not been a good dad like I should have been. But I'm dedicating my life dead. Man, in a moment, the altar is going to be open. Dads, we've got to get in this thing. I'm a dad. Mothers, you've got to get in this thing. Help us, man. We're a little bit ignorant about fatherhood. You can help us. I close for the third time. A man wrote a book recently. He said, boys have a wild heart within them. 
Well, can I tell you something? Everybody has a wild heart for all of sin. But said a boy, if does not have a father to guide him, his wild heart will rule his life. What's ruling your life, young lady? Okay. The homes need to get right with God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.